Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo. You are listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored, volunteer-powered rock and roll radio station. On this week's show, we're going to speak with Irene McKisson, who, after 18 years of working for the Arizona Daily Star, left in 2021 to co-found the nonprofit news source Arizona Luminaria. We're going to ask her about that decision and how the independent news outlet is going. Today is July 16th, 2023. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A-Mountain to the University of Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org. We're also available on your iPhone or Android with our very own Downtown Radio Tucson app. If you want to interact with us on the show, you can do so on Facebook and Instagram under Life Along the Streetcar. We also have more information about our show, our book, past episodes, or you know, if you want to contact us, you can head to lifealongthestreetcar.org. And we always invite you to listen to the podcast on all kinds of platforms that are out there. Well, I don't know if you celebrated yesterday, but it was uh, Linda Ronstadt's 77th birthday. And uh, July 15th has been designated here in Tucson as uh, Linda Ronstadt Day. That happened back in 2021 for her 75th. And uh, Mayor Romero uh, expressed uh, her wishes for the celebration to honor Linda Ronstadt for not only for her contributions in, in perform, performing arts, but also her dedication to Tucson and, and helping to carry the the signature um, character and cultures that um, that she does and share those with the world. So happy 77th to Linda Ronstadt, and I hope you enjoyed it, Linda Ronstadt Day. Arizona Luminaria is a nonprofit news outlet, and it was started and co-founded by Irene McKisson. She's got a 18-year history with the Arizona Daily Star, and she decided, you know what, I'm going to go make a change. So we wanted to learn more about that. It's been a little over a year since this Luminaria has launched, and we wanted to see how things are going. All right, we are joined by Irene McKisson, uh, the courageous co-founder of Arizona Luminaria and uh, a lifelong to, well, a lifelong Tucson lover and uh, been highlighting a lot of things in our community for years. But Irene, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I am a lifelong Tucsonan, by the way. Okay, I wasn't sure about that. I know you went to the U of A and I know you've been doing Tucson stuff for decades, but I wasn't sure if you were born here. So thanks for clearing up that question. Check. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, welcome aboard. Can you, we're going to talk about your latest project, this, um, uh, the, the independent news station and outlet that you've got, but I'd like to get a little bit of your history because you, you, you've got a degree from the U of A, but then you also helped create something for the daily star called this is Tucson. Are you able to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I have a journalism degree from the university of Arizona. Uh, I also went to CDO high school where I was the editor in chief of the Palantir newspaper, which is where I fell in love with journalism. Um, and I went straight from the U of A to the Arizona daily star and I kind of grew room and, um, learned everything I know about journalism there. And so, uh, toward 
um, the end of my tenure there in 2016 with my um, work partner, Becky Pallack, we created This is Tucson at the Arizona Daily Star. And it was a, um, it was an experiment in building something for a very specific audience. And, and we built This is Tucson for um, young women and families, basically. And um, did something different with it in that we went and uh, listened first, uh, went and talked to people and built the thing that people were telling us that they needed. Um, we were trying to solve a problem for them. Um, and so I spent uh, five years as the editor of This is Tucson. Um, and in that time also learned a lot about the business side of journalism, which is um, kind of unusual in the journalism industry. Um, and got to think a lot about uh, what does it mean for a digital journalism outlet to be sustainable and was able to do that kind of underneath the umbrella of the Arizona Daily Star. Okay. And you, you, you touched on something I was going to ask you about this, this concept of audience development, because as I understand, I mean, this is, you, you've been speaking on this for some time and even like talk on it like nationally, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I speak nationally about um, audience and thinking about um, to, to, you know, other journalists <laughs> who want to talk about this stuff. Part of that is I came of age in an industry that was in intense disruption. So journalism since about 2008 has had a massive business model problem, but it also has other issues. And a lot of those are about an audience that grew up without newspapers um, and without journalism a little bit because of that business model problem forced us to stop and think better about how we were reaching people and, and perhaps to think about the harms that journalism has done to communities by um, covering them without regard for what they needed. I think that leads me to my second question, which was your, your bio says you're obsessed with reader first journalism. Is that right. what you're referring to? It's about thinking about what does the community need information about and then matching that to what you know um, in doing the research on the story should be told. So it, traditionally, right, the way um, a newspaper has worked in terms of like workflow and editorial is one of two ways. An editor says, I uh, think this story is important. I'm going to assign it to you, reporter. You, reporter, go report that story and come back and write it. I will edit it. We will publish it. Or a reporter comes back and says, uh, I got a tip about XYZ. I think we should write it up. The editor says, okay. They write it up and they publish it. Those two workflows methods don't take into account, you know, your need as a as a reader. Like, and it could be something as simple as, why is it that um, that building is taking six years to get built? Like, <laughs> I've been watching this building go up for literally a year. What is going on? And and that is valid. And uh, reporter should be also thinking about that. Like, what is it that you need? Um, and where are your information needs and how can we fill those? Like journalists should be in service of the community, not the other way around. The, that seems like the, where journalism would have started was with that mentality. And, and maybe then it shifted away because of the the power that it, it, it garnered, like maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think so a little bit. Yeah. That we're coming back around, you know, and, 
uh, some of that is just like the pr- privilege of having been very, very profitable for many, many years and not needing to think about those things. And now uh, we're kind of at a reckoning where the business model doesn't work. And um, there's been a huge disinvestment in journalists in our communities. Um, and so, I mean, there's, there's been layoff after layoff after layoffs at the star. Um, and so you end up with a place where you have to listen to your community or they have other options, right? Like the internet did a lot of that for us. Like you can go get that information somewhere else perhaps. And so we have to listen to our communities and have to do a better job of um, thinking about readers first. So, and, and we're seeing nationally like a lot of consolidation. So big firms yeah. being swallowed up by others and representing fewer and fewer larger interests. Is that kind of counter to what you're saying that the, those organizations probably aren't as community focused as they need to be? They're more business focused. Well, I mean, I, I think that is a piece of it that, um, you know, when a news organization in a community is owned by a corporation that is based out of state, so, um, you know, if, if your newspaper is owned by Gannett, for example, who is based, owns many, many, many newspapers across the country because of consolidation and they're based in Virginia, um, their interest is not maybe in the people of Tucson. Um, and so you end up with kind of an imbalance of power there. Yeah. So then after being with the Daily Star for, I think it was like, 20 years, Almost right? 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> you, you decide that this model makes sense and, and you start out with what is probably like the craziest thing you can possibly do, which is start up an independent news outlet as it's facing all of these challenges. Yeah. I mean, I said journalism is a service industry, so I, you know, we're all crazy journalists. I, I mean, part of that is just like, I deeply believe in this, that information is important, that, um, it is a piece of democracy. And without it, if if you can't get the information that you need to do whatever it is you want to do in your community, like you can't function, the community actually can't function. And so, um, I I believe in that mission really deeply, but yes, it was crazy. I quit my job, (laughs) jumped off, um, to do a startup and to try to rethink some of these things and, and start from scratch. We're in the middle of our interview with Irene McKisson of Arizona Luminaria. We'll be back after the break to find out how things have been going with this news outlet startup. But first of all, I do want to remind you that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar and Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM and streaming at downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. VK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. We're going to finish up now with Irene McKisson. She, if you're just joining us, she was an 18-year veteran at the Arizona Daily Star with a few cohorts. Uh, She has co-founded in 2022 the uh, Arizona Luminaria Independent and Nonprofit News Outlet. We uh, got a little bit of her history and her decision to make that leap and the need for Arizona Luminaria that she saw in the marketplace. Now we're going to find out how 
the, uh, how the experiment, the process, the new venture is going? We built Luminaria as a nonprofit, um, thinking about those business model problems and looking around the country um, at what was happening in other communities and how they were trying to solve this kind of news and journalism problem of disinvestment by corporate owners and of, you know, the business model and sustainability. So um, Arizona Luminaria is a nonprofit news organization. So I think it's crazy to start an independent news organization, even crazier to start a nonprofit. So then where, where does your funding come from? Is it subscriptions and advertisement like traditional news outlets? So that is the traditional um, path for news outlets. And part of the business model problem is that advertising is not the revenue generating stream it used to be. And so it's very dependent on subscriptions, which means that the community can't get at that news unless they subscribe, but it's behind paywalls. So part of the mission of a nonprofit news organization of our nonprofit news organization is to make sure that there are no paywalls. So all of our content is free and accessible. And then our revenue is from a couple different buckets. So, um, there are national grants. So this is a national problem, obviously. So there's um, some national movement to support local news. So some national grants, local grants, um, philanthropists, so major donors, and then membership. So a la, a la NPR, right? You support this thing because it's valuable and you keep it free and open for everybody. Um, and then uh, we have some underwriting. So for so businesses can support us as well. And then um, eventually we will have um, some live events as a revenue stream as well. Okay. And that you mentioned that this is a national problem. Are you finding collaboration and in, in, uh, commiseration with, with other similar organizations like Luminaria across the country? Absolutely. Um, so there are hundreds of nonprofit news organizations across the country now. Many of them formed in the last couple of years um, as, as the same thing has happened in many communities. And um, it's been amazing actually to be part of that community because especially in the nonprofit news community, there's so much generosity of um, help getting started. Um, when we started, we reached out to a couple people that we knew at other nonprofits um, nationally in uh, California and Nevada and Texas and other places. And they were just incredibly generous with their time and, you know, gave us documents that we needed and offered us all kinds of support. Like here's my uh, business pitch deck, like take, take what you want from that and make it your own or mm. things like that. So that's been amazing. To that have this that doesn't really happen in any other startup that I'm aware of. I mean, they're all so, yeah. so proprietary. Yeah, exactly. And so is corporate news. Corporate news can be very proprietary as well. And so ha this, you know, everybody is trying to do the same thing um, in, in this community of, of nonprofit and independent news organizations that have kind of started up in the last five years, which is put more journalists back in communities. And so we're all rowing in the same direction, it feels like. And so there's a lot of support um, from service organization level. Like we're, we're part of a couple service level organizations um, that help nonprofit news and independent news orgs. And then um, just among other news organizations themselves who are just you know, really generous with their time. So when you got out of uh, journalism school, you kind of cut your teeth on, in the sports world. So I'm assuming Luminaria is all about sports. Is that what, it, what this is? <laughs> it is not. I did start in sports. I worked in sports for a long time. I was, uh, I was a sports designer 
and I was the night sports editor. So uh, I worked a lot of late nights waiting for games to be over. Um, and it was amazing and I loved it. And I, um, I, I run into a lot of people, actually, a lot of founders in of startups who came from sports. And I, I think part of that is the kind of fire that it puts you through of deadline and um, working quickly and working well. And uh, I don't know, there's something about it that I think created a lot of people who are not afraid to <laughs> go jump off cliffs and start their own org. Um, so no, it is not about sports. We're not covering sports at all. Uh, Arizona Luminari is actually super focused on civic news and information. We're covering um, community growth. We're covering equity issues. We're covering the environment as it relates to Southern Arizona. We're covering education um, and we're covering voting. And so it is very focused on audience again, actually. So before we built Luminaria, we went out and talked to people and asked them, what is the thing that you are so passionate about? You would hold a sign for it. And then how do you get local information about that thing? I saw those. I didn't realize that was you. I saw the, I saw the campaign. And I, yeah. I didn't realize that and, was you. And, and so the, the question is like, you know, where are the gaps? We were trying to identify if you're a person who really wants to go make change in their community. And there are a lot of us in Tucson. What, what do you need to do that? And, and how is information serving you right now? And how is it not serving you? And where can we come in and fill those gaps? And we heard a lot of things and our, and those, those things we cover, I mentioned earlier, those are based on the answers that we got from people about what they were passionate about. And then there's lots of other stuff that's based on that too. Like we write really in-depth stories and that's because we heard from people that they were super burnt out on news that was very surface level, that they were really tired of hearing about a decision that had been made after it was too late for them to do anything about it. And so a lot of the decisions we make about how to cover stories and what stories to cover are based on, on what we've heard from people about what they need. So you launched this in 2021. So I left in 2021 and we launched in 2022. So okay. March of 2022. Okay. So a little over, um, little over a year then has the response been what you expected better, worse. It has been amazing we are growing exponentially. So, um, you know, both in terms of our business and in terms of our audience, our readers, we launched with zero full-time reporters and I'm excited to say that we just hired another full-time reporter. So we now have two full-time reporters, three, uh, editors and executives. And so we're at five full-time, um, in just a year and a half. And so we're just growing really quickly. The kind of the impact of what we're doing has been really exciting as well to see because we're writing for those people who want to make change because we know so deeply what it is they need. Um, it's really exciting to see uh, when we get response from them. Like I had a woman who was like, I've been getting your newsletter for six months and it feels like it was made for me. It feels like personalized somehow. And I don't know how you're doing that. <laughs> and, it's because we're, we're reader first, right? Because we, mm. we did make it for her really. Well, then how, how do people get on this newsletter? How do they follow you? How do they support you? What are the connection points? 
yeah. Um, so we're at azluminaria.org. Um, you can Google us and our newsletter is there uh, right at the top of the page. You can sign up for our newsletter on our website. Um, our newsletter is weekly right now. Um, and we're on all of the social channels, uh, including all the new ones. <laughs> so, well, what are the new ones? I can't even there. keep up. I just oh, found like, like, what, like Instagram just launched threads yeah. or something. Is all yeah, you on threads? On threads. You, yeah, Good we are. you can go find us there right now. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what that yeah. is. I'm not, I'm still trying to figure out ticking and talking. Like, I don't even know we know what that is. And now they're, they're threading me. <laughs> I know. Uh, yep. We're trying to meet people where they are. I mean, that's part of the work of being a reader first part of yeah, that part of that work is making sure that we're where our community is and that they can find what we're doing. And your, so, your handle, you uh, your handle on all those is that AZ Luminaria. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. AZ Luminaria. Yeah. And so we're digital only. Um, this is part of that, um, uh, business model problem I mentioned, right? Print is a print is a hard animal. So, uh, everything is online and, um, we are covering deeply those topics I mentioned earlier. And is that, I'm assuming, you know, Luminaria light festival celebration that that's sort of what all, all that evokes. That's, that's what you're yeah. striving for. Well, we were looking, you know, the, the newspaper names that are all like spotlights. Right. <laughs> uh, we were looking for the Arizona version of that. The thing that would say, mm. you know, we also live here. We are also from here. Um, and I think that was where Luminari was born. So our, our tagline is um, lighting the path so you can take action. Oh, look at that. That's so clever. No, oh, that's like you're a bunch <laughs> of writers back there. <laughs> and then finally, I guess the support, you, you know, we, we can find you, you don't have a paywall, um, but, but there is a cost to what you do. Uh, you mentioned many yeah. ways people can support. Uh, I'm assuming that's on your website. There's different uh, categories or, or ways to kind of click and donate kind of, or underwrite. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a support button right at the top of our website where you can um, support us with a monthly membership, which is the most helpful thing because it's money that we can kind of count on. Um, but we have lots of options and ways that people can support us. Uh, even just, you know, sharing about Arizona Luminary is really helpful too. Yeah. The, the work is not cheap, right? It's important and it's expensive to produce, to do, the kind of work that we're doing that's really in depth and has a lot of context and takes communities into account. The reason that we don't have enough of it is because it is so expensive to produce. Irene McKisson, you are an audience development expert. You're obsessed with reader first journalism and you're either incredibly brave or incredibly, um, not bright, um, making this huge <laughs> jump from a stable career in an unstable industry to, uh, co-founding Arizona Luminaria. And I, I'm, I'm excited to hear about your success and, um, I kind of want to stay in touch and, and, and maybe find those, some of that collaboration, you know, we're down, we're a nonprofit yeah. radio station and there's probably some collaboration that we can do better. You know, a lot of people will ask us about, uh, competition. <laughs> my, my answer to that is that we don't have the luxury of competition anymore. Um, and that it is about collaboration and about making sure that, uh, communities are getting the information they need. How, however that is happening. Right. That is Irene McKisson. She is with the a uh, little over a year old Arizona Luminaria. She started that with some uh, so some co-founders back in 2022. She had spent 18 years at the Arizona Daily Star uh, and uh, has been highlighting Tucson for decades at this point now. 
we uh, wish her super success in that venture. And, uh, you know, Irene, if you are listening, that collaboration, I think that's a thing. So uh, we should talk. You are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and streaming on downtownradio.org. Support for Downtown Radio is provided by the Tucson Gallery. Located in downtown Tucson inside of the proper shops at 300 East Congress Street, the Tucson Gallery offers original work, reproductions, and merchandise from Tucson artists like Joe Padgett, Jessica Gonzalez, Ignacio Garcia, and many more. For information about all the artists, including when they will be live at the gallery, head to the TucsonGallery.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook as Tucson Gallery. That's a wrap on episode 256, 256. Uh, thank Irene uh, McKesson for her time today. As with all of our guests, we're extremely appreciative when they'll spend a few minutes to chat with us about their projects that are really shaping not just our urban core, but by extension, our entire community. If there's ever a topic you want us to cover, um, you probably know how to do this by now. We're starting to get a lot more requests in, which is really cool. Um, a lot of people are, are heading over to our... Um, our webpage now, lifealongthestreetcar.org. There's a contact button, and they're putting in some information over there. Uh, some are still uh, just reaching out to us with email, contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. And you know, we really prefer when, when there's a story, if, if you can tag us uh, in a Facebook or Instagram post that gives us a little bit of a connection to uh, the story so we can do a little research and makes it easier to, uh, to reach out and set something up here. But this is a, a show to uncover hidden gems, and we encourage you to help us find those hidden gems. Uh, we're rolling right along here. I uh, also want to have a huge shout-out and thank you to the team over at the Cowboy Up podcast. You can listen to that on Spotify and Apple and a few other places, I'm sure. Uh, Cowboy Up features a lot of Arizona stories, uh, as you might imagine from the title, uh, Western in Nature. That's recorded out at the White Stallion Ranch with uh, uh, Alan Day and Russell True. They uh, invited me on. We had a fun time talking about the urban core uh, in that uh, urban, I'm sorry, in that rural setting. But that's called Cowboy Up and over the latest episodes, so you can find that on iTunes um, or on the uh, Spotify is where, where I found it. And we're going to leave you with music today from... Uh, Linda Ronstadt, who celebrated 77 years yesterday. And uh, given the temperatures outside, we thought this song might be appropriate. It's from uh, 1975 off an album called Prisoner in Disguise. You're listening to Heat Wave. I hope you have a great week and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar.